Oh, yeah. Come on, make me feel alive. David Essel in the box with you every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard. As once again, we're going to rock across this world. Information to help you to become more alive in your own life with your mind, body, spirit, finances, whatever it is. We got the answer. Toll free 1-800-548-8255. 800-548-8255. It is so good to be here with today, with you today. And there's more of the Essel family that's going to be on the show. Oh, this is not just about David J. today. There's a whole bunch more coming. My dad, Ed Essel, will be with us in a minute. We are proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. XM Satellite Radio 246 is where you're listening to us right now. We also stream around the world at TalkDavid.com. Broadcasting live, as we do every Saturday, for these solid three hours of inspiration, motivation at Studio E. In Los Angeles, California, and we are celebrating 22 years on the air. 22 years on the air. So what does it take to make a marriage last and to be happy for 63 years? 63 years. As I mentioned a moment ago, my dad's going to be with me in a minute. Ed Essel's going to be with you talking about what he has learned in regards to this whole concept of marriage, how, what him and my mom, Pat Essel, have done over the years to make that thing happen, stick, work, you name it. We'll be talking to Ed in a second. Um, also today, Julie Simon is back, the author of the Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Julie is good. Why do we overeat? Why as a nation do we overeat? And what can we do to stop this addiction? We'll be talking to Julie. Jan Spiller World's famous astrologer, author of, the, of many books, as a matter of fact. New Moon Astrology is one of them. She'll be taking your calls. When Jan is on, we're going to do what we always do. And that is, we will give you the 800 number, which you know. Write it down. I'll tell you what, write it down. Because when Jan comes on, the lines get slammed in a heartbeat. They get so filled up in a heartbeat when Jan Spiller is with us. Because she does free readings on the air for you. So if you want a reading about love, your money, health finances are you moving what's going on when jan comes on the show get ready call she rocks she is just phenomenal and then jb glossinger is back as well the author and founder of morningcoach.com we're going to be talking to jb about how do we stay strong in the face of tragedies like the oklahoma tornadoes back to back right the deaths the the destruction the loss of um homes and careers and cars and, of course, utmost the loss of human life. But we'll be talking to JB about what is it that we can do individually when we find ourselves in tragedy, because most of us probably throughout our life is going to find ourselves in some kind of tragedy. Um, I pray that you'll be safe. But if you do, we're going to find out from JB, how do we change our mindset in the middle of it, during it, after it, to stay strong in life? one 800 548-8255. That's the toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255. So what do you think it takes to be married 50, 60, 63 years? What do you think would be some of the most important components of a long-lasting marriage? Now, I still have hope. Now, even though when my dad at Esso comes on the show with me, he's probably going to be laughing so hard he won't be able to answer. I still have hope with me because... My mom and dad are examples of 63 years of marriage, and I still could make it. I still could make it. Hey, Dad, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. 
<laughs> hey, did you hear what I just said? I think that because I have such great role models with you and mom that I could still make, I could even beat you guys and be married for longer than 63 years. What do you think of that, Dad? I think if you reach, reach 150, you might make it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Ed Essel. Hey, you know, when, when, when um, my brother, Terry, who's your son, and right. my sister, my sister Mary Diane, who's your daughter, when when they, I, I bet when they're talking privately, Dad, and they look back at having me as a middle child, they go, "How the hell did Mom and Dad stay together?" Have you and Mom ever thought like that? Uh, no, we we, <laughs> we always uh, decide when we got married. We decided that was it, and uh, we had our ups and downs like everybody else, and. Muddled our way through, didn't know what we were doing most of the time, but we managed to uh, make some good decisions along the way. Yeah. And one was to keep you along with the other two. <laughs> and you've never regretted that? Well, uh, never is a very, very <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, my God. This is funny. This is funny. Okay, so we're going to move in from our stand-up humor, Steady Eddie Essel, to <laughs> something. I'd rather stay with the stand-up humor, but we're going to go into something else. Now, when over the years, as you and I have talked, you said to me many times that one of the keys that you think kept you and Mom together was compromise. Tell me about that, compromise in a marriage. Yeah, well... Of course, when two people come together, uh, they have their own thoughts, they have their own ways of doing things, and uh, at that point, uh, you, you have to learn very quickly to uh, compromise. Uh, you're not going to have your way all the time. You're not going. Your wife is not going to have her way all the time, and so it varies very quickly. Uh, you realize that if you're going to make a lift, uh, um, go of the marriage. <clears throat> that you do have to compromise. You have to consider the other one's opinion. You have to consider what they uh, bring to the marriage. And uh, you have to be willing to give a little here and there. You know, you. I know one way that you gave a lot, and I say this without any teasing whatsoever, is that mom is a huge pet fanatic, pet freak, and and you haven't always been that way, Dad, have you? No, I haven't. When we were growing up, we never had pets uh, at our house, and uh, Mom always did because uh, she, her dad was a hunter, and he had uh, hunting dogs, and then she had her pet dog. And uh, when we got married, uh, off the, right off the bat, there was no thought of a pet because we were living in apartments. Right. And uh, when we finally did get a house, uh, we uh, still didn't get any uh, any pets when we were living in Utica. Then we moved to Syracuse, and shortly after we moved to Syracuse, uh, Mom suggested that getting a dog would be good for you kids. Right. And uh, of course, it didn't make any difference to me whether I was going to have a dog or not because she wanted one, and uh, <laughs> so we, we got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, over the years, we've had three dogs. Yeah, and yeah. the only reason we don't have one now is that we uh, go back and forth to Florida, and it would be uh, difficult, you know, to uh, yeah dog and and keep traveling back and forth with them. But yeah, yeah. It made it made her happy, and actually, it was good for you three children uh, right. as you grew up to have uh, a pet around the house. Uh, of course, uh, when uh, your brother Terry had the uh, uh, 
little uh, hamsters, and uh, your sister was terrified of them. And uh, once in a while, they'd get out of their cage, and then we had some screaming and jumping up on the couch. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but in, in all the... No, uh, I, I can't say I dis- dislike the uh, animals, uh, but some of the times it was difficult uh, because you wanted to do stuff, and maybe you couldn't do it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. we survived that part of our life and uh, still going strong. Yeah. Well, I, and I think this goes, as our listeners are tuning in right now, it is so easy when we get into involved with a relationship and one of the partners is really into travel or the other person is really into pets, as my mom has always been. It's mm-hmm. so important what you're saying then is for people to be willing to compromise with their partner's greatest desires, with their partner's greatest passions. That's true. That's very true. Uh, another thing that came along was that, uh, uh, of course, we had a camp for many years at Sylvan Beach. It was your, my, your mother's family camp. And uh, when it got to be too expensive for us to uh, keep, we sold it and uh, stayed home for a year or two and really didn't like that. So we decided to try uh, uh, camping. Well, camping to me in a tent was no th- no good. I didn't like it. <laughs> but, well, I always got the air mattress that went flat during the night, you know. So, uh... <laughs> hey, hey, Dad, hey, h- hang right there. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll come back. I'm going to have a final question for my dad, Ed Essel, about being married 63 years. And it's going to be about the role of faith, the role of religion in my mom and dad's relationship. One of the things that's kept them together for 63 years. Right after this break, stay right there. More information on our show. The guest coming up is at talkdavid.com. We are so glad you're with us. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Don't you love her badly? Don't you love her madly? That's what Steady Eddie Essel, my dad, who's on the line with me right now, thought about my mom when he met her 60, he married her 63 years ago. I have my dad, Ed Essel, on the line with me. My mom, I'm sure, is standing by listening. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show, celebrating 22 years on the air, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Call us, one 800 548 Dad, final question. The role of God, your faith, and religion, how has that been an integral factor of keeping you and Mom together and happy for 63 years? It really has, David. Before we were married, we were both uh, Catholics and uh, involved in our religion. And uh, after we were married, it just seemed to grow stronger. And uh, we uh, never fail to uh, go to church and uh, say our prayers and that. And I think that that gives us uh, sort of a peace that comes over you when you when you do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, we, we talk to uh, people who have no religion, who are other religions, and uh, we've settled on the uh, Catholic religion, and uh, we feel that that has been an integral part of our, our married life. 
Yeah. Well, I want you to give mom a big hug for me. Congratulate her as well, Dad. It's phenomenal. You guys are such great role models for me, for my brother Terry, my sister Mary Diane, being together this long. And as I mentioned earlier, being together this long and being happy, Dad, that rocks. That is. That is, Dave, and we are both very happy, and we're very happy with uh, our three children, and uh, just can't ask for much more in this world than what we have. Yeah, especially your middle child, David, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Since you're on my radio show, you have to say yes. <laughs> Apologies to my brother and sister. <laughs> okay. okay, Dad, I, I love you very much. Thanks for coming okay, on we here. We love you too, David, and congratulations on the show, and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dad. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. 63 years marriage. 63 years marriage. And as I said to my dad at the top of the show, and he concurred, that if I live to 150, I have a chance of being married someday soon for more than 63 years. <laughs> 1-800-548-8255. You have a question, you have a thought, is it on marriage, relationships? Are you stuck? Are you? We've got a few minutes before we go to break. I'd love to take a call from you if you're stuck. Whatever is going on. You want to move forward a goal you're not achieving, call me. 1-800-548-8255. I also want to go through uh, a bunch of these email questions we get in every week. Here's one about a high school senior going to college. I'm a high school senior going to college this fall. I plan on playing football there. It's three hours from my home, and I have an issue with being away from my family, speaking of family. Uh, I feel silly saying this as a guy, but I really do not want to leave them. Any ideas? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, yeah, I do. Write about this in a journal. Write about your your insecurity or your fear, your sadness about being – don't keep it in your head. You've got to get it on paper, number one. Number two, work with a professional. If it's a, a minister, a counselor, a coach, work with a professional, a life coach, a relationship coach, um, to help you process these emotions. There's nothing wrong with having the emotions of being afraid to leave your house. And even if you're going to go play football at a college – There's nothing wrong with having them, but they have to be processed through. Write about the benefits of going to school. Uh, Write about the challenges of being away from your family. In other words, we want to get everything out of your head onto paper. You know, as I sat here reading this, three hours is a long way, but it's not. You could do, you could rent a car and shoot home, leave at five in the morning, get home at eight, stay till five in the afternoon, get home at eight at night. If you had one day off a week, Sundays, you could actually make that trip as many times as you needed to until you got comfortable being away. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be nervous. You're still a man. Remember that. 1-800-548-8255. Oh, this is a sexy one. This is all about sex. Uh, you talked three weeks ago about oral sex and a woman who hated to do this with her boyfriend. He eventually left her. I remember that conversation. Um, I enjoyed this part of my relationship, but my partner's semen tastes pretty bad. Could this be a sign of an STD? Can you help with any solutions? First of all, we are not medical doctors, so I could not refer to if it was a result of any disease or not, but your doctor would be able to tell you that. I do want to tell you what I can tell you. First of all, the most amazing thing Huffington Post as I was reading this today, uh, I, I was looking back at this article I'd saved from the, the Huff, Huffington Post, and um, human ejaculation has uh, the same amount of protein as an egg. Is that incredible? So first of all, look at it like this isn't just something you're doing to please someone. You're also getting your protein in, <laughs> which I think is kind of cool since we should all be on higher protein diets. Uh, but the, the food we take in can affect the taste of semen. 
if if someone takes in if someone let's say that your boyfriend was taking in garlic pills or ate a lot of garlic or a lot of onions or really strong heavy foods um what would be another one um any of the spices that are curry oh my gosh curry i have heard can affect the taste so so talk openly about listen can we look at your diet can we look at your supplements to see make changes in the diet there are some if you google juice mixes that cleanse the ejaculate you will find interestingly enough information on the internet of things you can do to purify some have um, parsley in it as a matter of fact because we've answered this question as you can imagine in 22 years probably 22 times so good luck with that but first whatever you do don't like shove it underneath the rug and pretend it's not here because it's here and we need to deal with the truth as it is in a relationship be loving, be kind, be open, be honest when you're talking. 800-548-8255. This is huge. I seem to have a glass half-empty attitude. I look for the problems in life and talk about them or think about them nonstop. I find myself isolating from my friends and my wife as well. My wife is absolutely tired of me. I could use some assistance. Um, okay, let me tell you the very first thing. And sometimes when I work with people that struggle with attitude, this is a really hard one to understand. But a negative attitude is a choice. It's an addiction. It becomes an addiction. Thinking negatively becomes an addiction, just like alcohol can become an addiction. It's the same thing. It's a choice. In other words, the alcoholic has to make a choice to not drink and get help. The person who is addicted to negative thought, low self-esteem, whatever it might be, has to also realize it's a choice and get help. But both of these, if, you are, if you've been drinking for 20, 30, 40 years, if you've had a negative attitude for 20, 30, 40 years, you have to have patience in the change. But we must begin to choose, in your case, to think differently. I'm going to go back to what I said a second ago. Get professional help, number one. Number two, remove any of the gossip reality TV you might watch, the controversial political argumentative type of radio and television shows. Get them the hell out of your life because negative, a lot of negative people I know surround themselves with that crap. And because of that, they become highly judgmental. And because of their judgmentalness, they go down the tubes. Okay. So remove all of that stuff. Fill your mind with CDs and books. It could be books on tape. It could be positive motivational CDs, books to start to shift. Okay, so those are some of the things I can share with you. But you'd be if if you're having a problem and you're going into isolation, which is a sign of addiction, then you're going to definitely want to work with a professional as well. Okay, this isn't the kind of thing for most of us. I swear to God, we've all gotten to where we are in life right now by ourselves with doing the best that we can. It's time if you find yourself struggling. It's time to reach out and to ask a professional to help you. Stay right here. We've got a rocking next two and a half hours left of the show. We're going to be talking about emotional eating. Jan Spiller will be here to talk about your readings, astrology readings on the air for free. J.B. Glossinger, Julie Simon. We've got a killer show lined up. I'm so glad you're with us. For more information, go to talkdavid.com. And until we come back in a few minutes, stay there. I'm David Essel. All 
Ah, oh, that girl was shaking. Just like David Assel Live, shaking it up across the USA and the world, XM. 246 and worldwide you can listen to us uh, tell your friends if you don't have xm radio they can listen to us live at talkdavid.com and this is like so cool if you have an iphone an android a smartphone of any type go to talkdavid.com and click on the xm logo and on that page when you scroll down you can find out how to join our text club and when you do You'll get a text from us to be able to listen to the show live every Saturday right off your smartphone. Does that rock? That is the coolest thing in the world. I'm not into technology hardly at all, but I will tell you, I even think (laughs) that rocks that you can listen to the show on your smartphone no matter where you are. So just go to talkdavid.com, click on the XM logo, scroll down, and there will be a thing there that says, join our tech club and listen on your smartphone. Do it. Seriously, do it. Hey, and while you're online, go to Facebook and like us at David Essel Alive on Facebook. Go ahead and like the page, David Essel Alive. Seven days a week, we give out free information, videos, quotes, tips. And every, as a matter of fact, Julie Simon is back, and she's a, a psychotherapist and an author uh, on all about emotional Overeating. As a matter of fact, the title of her book, she's going to be with us in just a couple minutes, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Whatever you want to find out about in this world of personal growth, maybe you struggle with sugar or some other form of emotional eating, or maybe you struggle with stress or whatever it might be, all of our shows are archived. Every XM radio shows, there's hundreds, maybe even thousands of hours, I don't even know. There's a ton of hours at our website, talkdavid.com, that if you miss any of the shows, you can go back and just listen to them for the rest of your life. Basically, one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. So we're looking forward to talking to Julie in a minute. I I am asked because of um my the past. I used to travel constantly. I don't travel as much anymore, and which I'm very happy with. But I'm asked all the time when I do travel, how do I de stress? And do you know instantly my first response is always essential oils. If if you don't know anything about essential oils, I'm going to give you a website in a minute that I want you to check out. Essential oils are the oils of plant. Now, the oils have to be 100% certified therapeutic grade essential oils for the benefits of what I'm going to tell you in a minute to take effect. If you go to any store and just buy buy, um, really great smelling oils, if you went to any store whatsoever and bought like lavender, which is one of my favorites, and if it's not an essential therapeutic grade oil, then it's not going to have the effect I'm going to tell you about right now. But when I do travel, lavender is with me all the time. Lavender is a relaxant. Some people use it to help them fall asleep. I sprinkle it on my pillow every night. When I travel and I'm stressed, I have a bottle of lavender. I pull out and I just inhale it. And instantaneously, it relaxes you. It Therapeutic essential oils are so powerful that they have an instant effect. And my favorite by far when it comes to reducing stress, relaxing, is lavender. It has been around since the beginning of time. You can imagine. Well, the use of essential oils has been around since the first plant, lavender plant, bloomed. So whenever year that was, I'm not quite sure. But it's been a very, very long time. We're going to have Dr. Michelle Brown on down the road a couple weeks from now. And she is created. She is behind this line of the most beautiful essential oils in the studio right now. 
I have lavender. I have lemongrass. I have frankincense. I have all kinds of stuff all around me. And I really know that you're going to love what she has discovered in regards to relaxation. It's just the only thing I'm going to talk about right now. Check out the website, drbrownsoils.com. DrBrownsOils.com. Now, that the way you get there is you just go to DrBrownsOil.com. DrBrownsOils.com. It says Dr. Browns, but we don't go out with a whole doctor and brown. DrBrownsOils.com. They are phenomenal. For stress reduction, I don't think there's anything that can beat it that's at instantaneous. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Julie Simon, psychotherapist, 20 years of working in the field of emotional eating recovery. The name of her book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual, a practical mind-body-spirit guide for putting an end to overeating and dieting. Julie, welcome back to the show. How are you? It's so great to be back. Oh, it's awesome. Now, you know what, Julie? If anyone, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see what Julie looks like, she looks awesome. Go to our website, talkdavid.com. And, Julie, it, when people look at your picture today, they would have no idea that you struggled with overeating, would they? That's so true. I mean, people, even when they come and work with me in my 12 week program, or when they come to listen to me when I give talks, they'll always say, well, you never really had a weight problem, did you? And I say, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> and not only did and, I have a weight problem, I struggled with everything that they struggle with, you know, low self-esteem. Um, you know, it's funny, you were talking earlier about being willing to be uncomfortable. I have a page in the very first lesson I teach in my 12 week program, people have to chart their food and their mood and all kinds of stuff. And at the very bottom of the chart, it says, today I am willing to be uncomfortable. That's mm. like one of my main themes is that I say mm. to them, as we move through these 12 weeks, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. But it's not going to be root canal. You know, it's not going to be childbirth, right? Right. right. It's just like right. a you're little... not you're, you're not going to start removing fingers. Right. It's not that kind of uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? And if you just get used to being a little bit uncomfortable, it's just like what you were saying earlier. That's that's like my theme song. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. And and because why, Julie? Because this is important for our listeners to hear. Why is it so important to them to surrender to the fact that any major change in life, they're going to have to at first be uncomfortable? Why? Well, because the only way that you can make changes is if you step into kind of a new zone that's unfamiliar, Right. I mean, you cannot mm-hmm. stay in your same old, same old comfort zone and make shifts. So you have to step out of your comfort zone into a new place. And often that's, you know, it's just a little bit uncomfortable being in that new place. And it's just like you said, when you're first learning to ride a bike, when you're learning a language, when you're playing an instrument, when you're learning the skills I teach people in my 12-week program, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel comfortable. We all want easy and natural and comfortable. But if we're willing to suspend, you know, having that state of being for a little while, we will find that we'll jump into a new normal um, and, and it will move us towards our goals. We, we, have, we have two minutes before we go to break, Julie. What was your breaking point? What was your wake-up call? What, was, what happened? Was there an event that you said, okay, you know what, i got to take, here I am with all this knowledge and education. I have to take care of myself because this overeating is an addiction. What was it for you? What was the wake-up? The wake-up call was when I was walking along the beach one day, and I, I wasn't 
near my goal weight yet, but I wasn't at my heaviest either. And I saw a woman, and she was much heavier than me, and she was on the beach, and she was playing with her kids, wearing a bikini, and I was all covered up. And I looked at her, and I said, oh, my God, she has something that I don't have. I mean, even though I'm slimmer than her, she has this freedom, this, this joie de vie, you know, in her soul. She's out in her bathing suit. She's having a good time. I'm covered up. There's something wrong with this picture. And that day, I made a decision that I would never go on another diet and that I was going to work on loving myself and accepting myself as is and that I was going to find my way through this recovery. And that was a turning point for me. That was it. You know, I, I, I know a lot of people that travel to Europe, European beaches frequently, and they say there, there's not the shame and guilt that we have in the United States around body image. Totally. And, and I knew my body wasn't gross or unattractive, but right. I didn't feel comfortable letting anyone see it. <laughs> and here right. was this woman with everything hanging out, and she was <laughs> yes. enjoying life, and I wasn't enjoying life. Uh, and I was smart enough to say, there is definitely something wrong with this picture. I love that. I love What a great story. What a great story. I, you know what, I'm gonna, Julia, I'm going to ask you to hang right there. We're going to come back. We're gonna, one of the things we're going to talk to Julia about is she shared with me this study about from the Obesity Journal 2013, physical abuse in childhood, sexual abuse in childhood, and the tie-in with uncontrolled eating or eating addictions. We'll be talking to Julia about so much more. Listen, check out her website, overeatingrecovery.com overeatingrecovery.com you can find out about her workshops her book and so much more she is exceptional i highly recommend you check it out overeatingrecovery.com you're tuned into america's positive radio talk show more information on julie and all of our guests at talkdavid.com right after these messages we're coming back i'm david essel stay right there don't you worry don't you worry child See, heaven's got a plan for you. Don't you worry, don't you worry now. Yeah. Ah, yeah, heaven's got a plan for you. You know, if you're bummed, if you're depressed, if you're pissed off, if you think that life isn't fair right now, whether you believe in heaven, higher power, universal energy, it doesn't matter to me, there's a plan. Now. Just like Julie Simon was talking about earlier, you got to get a wake-up call, baby. you got to make a decision to do your part of the equation. And God, the universe, energy, whatever the word is, will come and help you out. But you got to take that first step. You're tuned in to America's positive radio talk show. My guest, Julie Simon, psychotherapist, author of the book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. More information on Julie and her work at overeatingrecovery.com, overeatingrecovery.com. Julie, you sent me this study that was so interesting, 2013 Obesity Journal, about children who were physically abused and or sexually abused have a higher rate of uncontrolled eating or addiction. Were you surprised by that, or because you work in this industry, it didn't shock you? Oh, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, when I read it, it was like, duh, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you didn't need to do the study. I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Just... many of the, and the study was done for girls. Um, right. And, you know, so many of the women that I work with have food addiction. I'd say the majority of the women that I work with have food addiction and um, and also have had some kind of, uh, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse in their childhood. And, 
the reason behind that, you know, why that occurs is that when we've had any kind of trauma, especially in our developing years, it really alters the way our brains work. And our brains become kind of primed to overreact, to be Mm -hmm. hypersensitive, hypervigilant, um, and and they're primed for depression and anxiety um, and kind of heightened states of arousal. And so people that have had that in their history, you know, tend to be looking for substances that calm them. And food is, you know, one of those prime substances. It's it's interesting when you talk to people that have like a sugar addiction that most people, Julie, don't realize that sugar hits the brain as fast as a drug, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it to me, it is a drug. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a refined. You know, what are drugs made of? I mean, they're made of you know plants and other things. Um, mm-hmm. You just take something, take take a grain even, and refine it into this flour, right? Like right. Make, make refined pastry flour, right? You sure. turn that into like a scone, and for me, I could just like mainline it. I mean, right. it, it <laughs> right. triggers bliss in my brain. One bite of a yeah. scone and my brain goes, yes, yes. let's get more, yes. right? Just like you an know, alcoholic. For, yeah, and for me, it's carrot cake. <laughs> and it's not <laughs> it's, the carrots. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you won't find any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, when I look at a carrot cake, I see a hypodermic needle. <laughs> it's so true. Amen. To, it's it is so fast, true, it, right? It's right. That's right. That's right. And you know what? And, the problem is not is not in the fact that we find that so blissful because our brains are wired to do that. The mm-hmm. problem is is that. Our manufacturers make those foods. Well, and in the addict, the addict doesn't look at anything in moderation, right? It's not like we could have a serving. I, like, Julie, I, I could never eat a freaking serving of a carrot cake. And I'm just going to admit that. There's no way. One serving, a waste of my time. I remember before I got sober that if someone said, well, let's just go have one glass of wine, I would look at them and go, What? Like I'm not going. If you're gonna, ha- if all we can have is one, I'm not going. <laughs> no, and it's so true. You know, I used to have a friend, and we used to go out, and we would get bagels, right? And I would uh-huh. notice that we would go to the bagel store, and she would buy just one. And huh. there was no way I could leave there with buying just one because yeah. just the notion that I couldn't have any more would already start depression, right? Like, it, yes. would, it would send me feeling, you know, miserable that I, I, the minute I would go to the store, I would think, well, I have to buy a dozen, you know, to take home. And she right. would buy just one. And so I, I thought, you know, I've got to do what she does, because that certainly is a better way to go. And when I would just buy one, I would feel like, what's the point? Well, yes. <laughs> like, there is no point in having one. Like, right. if I can't have ten... I don't want any. And that is such a clear sign of food addiction. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us right now and you're thinking that maybe you do or you don't have an issue, but when you go through the drive-thru, you can't get like the regular size. You have to get the large size of fill-in-the-blank. 
if there are thoughts like that that run through your head or if you're always planning throughout the day, do I have enough of this talking about food? Do I do we squirrel food away? There's like and Julie in her book, pick it up, the the emotional eaters repair manual, you will find more and more ways to screen yourself to see is this an issue or are you like most of us who struggle with addiction? Are you in denial? And that's that's a huge thing. So Julie, let let's go to we we've got about three and a half minutes left. Let's go to what do we do in order to solve this puzzle? What what are the first couple steps people need to make to get out of the emotional eating addiction into normalcy? Well, I think the first thing um, would be really on the physical front. If you if you really have foods that you are totally out of control with, then you really need to not have those foods in your house, number one. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. for sure. If you're right. a sugar addict, you need to not be bringing home ice cream. And um, even people that I work with, even peanut butter, you know, which is a whole food, there are right. people, and I say, you have to know where you're at in your recovery. There was a point in my recovery where I could not have a jar of peanut butter without eating half of, half of the jar or the whole jar. I yes. can now have peanut butter and take it or leave it. I, I enjoy it, but I don't have any addiction with it. So you have to know okay. where you're at in your recovery, at least with uh, whole foods, right? Because we mm-hmm. can still be addictive with whole foods. With the foods that are processed, you know, things that are high in sugar, flour, salt, oil, um, those things, need, if, you're, if you have addiction with them, you've got to start working with some abstinence, you know? And I like to baby step people in. I don't like to say to someone, okay, we're taking sugar out of your diet forever, right? Because right. that, like, flips people out. Mm-hmm. So I like to say, let's just make a commitment. Make a commitment to your friend. Make a commitment to your therapist. Make a commitment to someone. This week, I'm taking sugar out, right? This right. gives you the opportunity to see that you can live without yeah. it. I like that. Out of your eating plan, the cravings start to go away. Okay? Right gives you a chance to find some healthy substitutions like dried fruit and, you know, regular fruits. Hey, then let me ask you this, Julie. Let me interrupt you and ask you this question. For for a person that that is really used to, we talk to sugar addic- about sugar addiction. We're talking about pure sugar. We're talking about cookies and cakes. We're talking about white flour, all that stuff. How long, someone going into abstinence, how long would it take for them to see the cravings gone? Is it two or three days maybe? Oh, I think it, within the first week, you'll see the cravings gone. You might have a rough couple of days to start. Some people have a rough few days. But yep. by, I'd say, the third, fourth day, people are usually saying, I'm not craving it at all. It's actually much easier than I thought. Um, and then I have them each week. I say, would you like to continue that abstinence for the next week? And some people come in and say, you know what, I want to do it for the whole month. And I right. think, great, let's do it for the whole month. And then... Maybe when the month comes up, I say, are you ready to start maybe on flour? And they say, well, I'm a little bit worried to start on flour, but I think maybe I'd like to start on caffeine. I say, great. Let's start okay. on abstaining from caffeine. You know, we start right. to baby step, and this gives them the sense. And, and, you know, sometimes even after that month, they start to sneak it in. I have someone I'm working with who started to sneak the sugar back in, and then she gets this concept, maybe I can do it in moderation. And I said, right. just remember, it's a slippery slope. Once it starts to come back in, <laughs> that's right. You're going to be having sugar every day, you know, because yeah. your your pH changes, your chemistry changes. But that's okay if you slip it back in and you see you're out of control with it again. Work on some abstinence again. Yeah, I we we have 45 seconds. Amino acids to help decrease cravings for sugar. What what are your top ones? L glutamine right on. is the top one 
for sugar yep. cravings. For a lot of people, L-tyrosine, L-phenylalanine will help yep. give you those excitatory amino acids. Um, yes. Those are my few favorites. Some people are wanting um, sugar because their serotonin is out of balance or their endorphin is out of balance. So DL-phenylalanine for the endorphins, 5-hydroxytryptophan for the serotonin. All of those aminos help. They really work. Ladies and gentlemen, write this down. OvereatingRecovery.com. OvereatingRecovery.com. Julie Simon, you can go to our website, talkdavid.com and listen to this show again tomorrow the next week tell your friends as well and contact julie at that site julie always great to have you honey yes thank you for having me again you're welcome we will talk soon okay bye okay bye-bye you're tuned into america's positive radio talk show helping you to become rock hard i'm david essel stay there